Are you ready to learn how to apply your products? As you know, my one-on-one -on -one sessions are geared towards your customized skin recipe. It's kind of like the cake recipe. What to do at home, what to do in the clinic with ongoing support based on your skin needs, values, budget, lifestyle, and much more. My skin camp programs are really fun because this is where I teach my expert level tutorials, including how to apply your products, how to do facial gua sha, lymphatic drainage alongside your skincare routine, makeup, hair care, at-home peels, as well as pre-post recovery tips, and my highly coveted dermal rolling demo with advanced protocols. Register now for Fall Skin Camp over at theschoolofradiance.com. Um, we begin very soon. Don't miss out. Attend the lessons live or catch the replay at your convenience. Head on over to theschoolofradiance.com and enjoy today's episode. February 13th, 2019. It's Galentine's Day! Galentine's Day? Yeah, apparently Galentine's Day is you celebrate your gals. It's the day before Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, really? One of my clients mentioned that today. That's amazing! Happy Galentine's Aww, Day! Happy Galentine's Day! <laughs> awesome. We had a girls' night, we didn't even really plan that. Yes! Sweet. This is, and look at what we're doing. Right you know what? Since I quit drinking, I just love spending time with my female friends doing healthy, positive things. We gotta go to Salt Here we are. Yeah, I'd love to go to Salt Spring. Spring. So here we are, like, having tea <laughs> and ate our apple and smudging and doing podcasts about <laughs> health and wellness and educating people. This is good shit. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is totally going at the blooper reel, by the way. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again. So we have the beautiful Chelsea Forbes, who's a registered massage therapist and yoga instructor, and myself, Rachel Varga. I'm a registered nurse and aesthetic nurse since 2011. In this four-part series, we are diving into part three, and we are going to talk about how when life gives you lemons, like acne-prone skin or curly, frizzy, thick, unruly hair, how it can actually be a blessing in disguise on the path of self-discovery and learning about self-care practices. Let's get started. I guess this question goes without saying, but I'd love to hear your answer for this. Why do you think acne is so difficult for teens? When you're a teenager, you want nothing more than to be accepted and to belong. Your peers mean so much to you, and you want to, you don't want to be out of the ordinary. You don't want to have something that stands out that isn't accepted. And when you have acne, it's on your face. You cannot cover it up. You can use cover up. However, you're usually not very good at it when you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. And it looks also bad in a different way. So having acne on your skin is a huge impact on your self-confidence. And and as you're an adult too, your skin and your face are like your business card. They are what's presented to the world. And if you have blemishes, as little as they may be to somebody who doesn't have acne, somebody who has acne, 
it's a lot. It can mean a lot and it can be emotionally and mentally very damaging to your self-confidence. Mm-hmm. I actually have acne prone skin even in my 30s. So I have to work really hard to keep those breakouts at bay. But I didn't when I was younger. Oh. And I'm like really healthy and dialed in. But I do have to use proper acne products. So cleansing morning and night with a really good salicylic acid cleanser. Keeping the skin well hydrated. Sometimes I'll use an acne balancing serum with a bit of salicylic acid. Daytime and nighttime too. And then a really good spot treatment with, again, salicylic acid and a little bit of benzoyl peroxide with really good sunscreen. And when you start to learn these practices, as soon as you can, you're going to really be able to help your acne. I completely agree. It's been a huge path of discovery for me since I was 11 years old. When I first hit puberty, that's when I started getting breakouts. And as much as it was really difficult for me to have blemishes on my skin at the same time it encouraged me to look into what kinds of things could I do to make my skin better and it opened up a door of discovering different health and wellness things that I could do inside and out and understanding the skin and what can cause acne and how you can treat it. Mm -hmm. And it can happen for varying degrees, different reasons for different people. And it can be a hereditary thing. It can be something you're putting in your body, on your body, a combination of. And when you're a teenager, you have overactive sebaceous glands and most teenagers will get acne. Often it doesn't last into adulthood. However, it did for me, and I have tried so many things to try and clear my skin. And and it's hard to know what's working when you are doing so many different right. things as well. But it is like a combination of different things, what you're eating, hydrating your body, what you're not putting into your body, the types of things you're putting on your skin, making sure that you're cleansing, not over cleansing, not being aggressive with your skin, mm-hmm. being gentle, mm-hmm. hydrating it. Because, Feeding it. Yes. Yeah, so when you, before I used to think like my skin is oily, I want to dry it because then it won't be as oily. However, if you dry your skin, then you're sebaceous glands overwork to produce more oil so then you actually want to hydrate the skin instead of stripping of it of all of its Mm -hmm. moisture yeah definitely cleanse moisturize sunscreen get a little exfoliation in there too absolutely right products so i work with people all the time with treating acne and i see people coming to me and they've done accutane well let me be the first to tell you sure it's going to work for some people But we are definitely seeing some long-term effects with it. And because I have a background in ophthalmology and oculoplastic surgery as an advanced aesthetic nurse since 2011, I'm actually seeing those effects in people like our generation. They took Accutane when they were younger, and it's actually causing things like dry eye. Really? Yeah, it can actually cause scarring in some of the glands around the eyes, which are responsible for hydration. That is very fascinating. I tried as many natural things as I possibly could before I was like, hey, give me Accutane. I don't care what it is. And I know that you don't even, they don't even understand how Accutane actually works. It's a 
bunch of chemicals and I had a horrendous flare-up from it and had to take prednisone wow. to help reduce the inflammation. I got scarring and along my jawline from taking the Accutane and it was an awful, awful experience. But I was so tired of having bad skin. Desperate. You You're desperate, anything. absolutely. Yeah. And then eventually I was understanding more medical-based cleansers and treatments that didn't have a lot of bad products in it, just effective products. Mm. And then the new level for me was coming and seeing you and learning more about what other types of medical aesthetic things that I could be doing for my skin. Mm -hmm. And it's a process of figuring out what you need. I had done all of my internal work with the diet and nutrition and hydration and exercise and cleansing routine. But I need a little bit more. And mm. coming and seeing you is what really gave me that extra piece that my skin needed. It wasn't going to be fixed through all completely holistic herbs. Yeah, you have to actually pay special attention to the skin to actually feed it properly. Absolutely. Your skin is your largest organ in mm -hmm. your body. Mm -hmm. And it it's living. It's a very fascinating piece of who you are and it needs special care yeah what's really interesting is that I've been doing what I've been doing in the clinic since 2011 and only now do I truly feel like there's a skincare line I'm gonna say the name of it it's a Lumiere MD awesome they're just slaying the acne skincare protocol and it's the best routine that I found in my whole experience being in aesthetic nursing I saw it in your bathroom. Yeah, you totally did. <laughs> and it's so good to be able to have these tools available to help people. Then, of course, you want to couple it with getting hydrofacials every so often. For me, I actually have to kind of do them monthly. Or doing deeper chemical peels and then getting into light-based therapies like intense pulse light to basically the light breaks down the red chromophores in the red acne scars. It also gets rid of brown spots too. Uh, chromophore is what kind of give something pigment most. So the light's attractive. It's a really cool energy-based treatment. It's not actually a true laser. And it's awesome at giving you brighter skin and getting rid of the redness. Absolutely. You did the IPL on me and you had told me that the brown spots would turn into like coffee yeah, like little coffee <laughs> and slough off. And it's exactly what had happened. And it was really fascinating to see, you know, before I went in, what happened in the process of it doing its thing and then it sloughing off and how it had looked around my eyes afterwards. I had never knew that because that wasn't my focus, but it was a part of benefit to yeah. the treatment yeah. on top of helping reduce the redness in the scarring that mm -hmm. I have from the acne. And reduce collagen. Absolutely. Reduce pore size. Yes. That is a very fascinating uh, technology. It works. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's great for the neck and the chest also. So you never want to get floating head syndrome and just treat the face, right? You always want to look at the face, neck, chest as one unit. 
Absolutely. And I have many times over the years been in conversation with people talking about women who take care of their face. And then from, you know, the neck down, you can tell that their skin is completely different. Yeah. So it's great that you focus on that head, neck and chest. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. they're all visible in most things that you wear unless you're wearing a turtleneck. Yeah, definitely. And then for some of the deeper acne scars that are more textural, there is a number of different things that you can do, including subcision with a needle or a blunt cannula to actually break down the scar adhesions to lift that. Which is so neat. I know, right? You can get bruising with it. Um, and also using other lasers like Erbium to basically reduce pore size and then deep fractionated laser to basically kind of punch holes in the skin. It's way better than, than uh, needling. Uh, needling is a great at-home device, but honestly, people just don't usually do it right. They usually will use products they're not supposed to or not take care of their rollers right or use inappropriate rollers. There's so much to know about that. So I recommend people do the deep fractionated type laser treatments to really kind of drill in holes into the skin. I mean, there's no drills. It's an energy. It's like a column of energy. And then right beside it is a portion. It's like a column of skin that isn't injured. And then it's almost like aerating the lawn, if you will. Little sort of pokes into the skin using laser that's kind of scattered so that you actually have better healing. But it goes pretty deep. You can actually go about 200 to 400 microns in the skin to break up some deep acne scarring. But I have to say, acne scarring, not the red acne scarring, but the textural acne scarring is probably the most difficult thing that I can treat. So if you're listening to this podcast and you have acne and you've, you felt like you've tried everything, you know, you do sometimes really have to seek the assistance of professionals like myself to guide you. Yeah. I remember when I went to the doctor about getting Accutane and they had warned me that it could cause scarring, but I was so tired of having bad skin that I was like, you know what, if I can get rid of my acne and just have scars, then I'll deal with the scars at that time. However, it's, a whole nother story having scarring on your face and that is why I come and see you the specialist <laughs> that can help me in this stage of my skin help you on the journey absolutely yeah. takes a village yes <laughs> how can you overcome a physical skin ailment it's a lot of mental, emotional work to come o- overcome it. There's the physical aspects of treating it and having it improve, and then also mentally being able to, I don't know how you overcome it. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard to, um, to overcome it. You just have to keep being persistent and mm-hmm. consistent and keep working on it and know that you're beautiful regardless and understanding that it is your skin even though it can bother you there's so much more to a person than their physical appearance and also when it comes to acne it's not a life-threatening detrimental condition physically mentally and emotionally it can be really challenging and it's just a process of working through it and just loving yourself and nourishing yourself and doing as many things as you possibly can to to help support your skin and give it what it needs and there will be light at the end of the tunnel absolutely i grew up with crazy thick unruly curly hair it was like all cute and ringlety when i was a little girl and then puberty it's like what 
happened. My sister gave me a bob when I was like, I don't know, 14 or something. And my hair just went wild. And I would totally get made fun of. I would be called like Sideshow Bob or Krusty the Clown. Or I remember this one boy in, in school. He said, what you do, Rachel? Stick a, a your finger in a light bulb socket? Because it was just like really poopy, right? I had no idea what to do. I remember I would act like I had this outrageous conditioner. Do you remember that brand? It's like crazy scented. But anyways, I kind of used it like a gel. <laughs> just like put conditioner in my hair to try and like tame it and like weigh down the frizz. Anyways, I ended up having this like really cool ringlet phase where I would actually wrap my hair around straws and actually form the curls like you kind of start to figure out how to work with what you have right and then I remember a couple of times I would you know take the bus to school and I would do it quickly in the morning and then I'd be sitting in class and one of my friends is like Rachel you have like a straw in your hair <laughs> pretty funny story <laughs> that's kind of like have you ever heard about ragging your hair you take yeah. strips of rags and then yeah. you roll your hair up and then tie it at the top it didn't work oh but the straws worked oh what, a girlfriend and i did ragged our <laughs> hairs together when they were wet if it's wet first and then you do it and you sleep on it you wake up in the morning you take it out it is bananas <laughs> like it is so curly and then she tried to brush her hair and then it turned into a fro and she was so embarrassed that she wouldn't let me wear her shirt that I was going to wear because she didn't want me to look good because her hair was so bad <laughs> the things when you're a teenager oh gosh yeah I remember once I even did velcro rollers Okay, okay, if you have curly hair, never. I repeat, never use Velcro rollers. I did it with my mom. I thought it'd be really cool. Actually, I think she even bought them for me. So I had my hair all up in Velcro rollers. And, like, the little ones, right? Not, not the big ones. But the big ones would be just as bad. So, again, with curly hair, do not use Velcro rollers. Because when I went to go remove them, they weren't coming out. Like burrs in your hair. They were not moving. <sighs> <laughs> my, my entire head was wrapped up, like, was all in these little, like, tiny curler things, and I couldn't get them out. And I remember, like, my mom, I come from a very loving Christian household, but I just swore, I was like, oh my gosh, mom, like, what do I do? So I actually got some of them out. You did have did. to. And uh, the rest, you just kind of had to rip out. So let this be a learning experience. Learn from the experts at a young age when you have acne. And also when I would get my hair done, I would go to, you know, the same person my mom was going to, to get her hair done. And, you know, she might not have been the best person to deal with curly hair, but let me tell you, when I got a little bit older and I started to go to some really cool stylists and then someone introduced me to the round brush, hello bombshell hair. So it's the light at the end of the tunnel, right? But yes. you just have to learn how to deal with it. But that was a really difficult thing for me. Like, I, I remember I went shopping with a girlfriend one afternoon, and I had my hair... I used to have to blow dry it, I had to flat iron it, then I'd curl it. Like, it was crazy. And we got stuck in the rain. And I came home, and um, my husband now, he's my boyfriend at the time, he just, like, burst out laughing when I walked in the door because my hair had just gone insane from the rain. <laughs> And I'm like, it's not funny. Now I have to like rewash it and redo it. So all of you out there that have unruly curly hair, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then people like you, like you'd never had that problem. You're like, 
that it's not like a huge deal. It's like, yes, it's a huge deal. Oh, it is. I couldn't go swimming when I was growing up. I just felt like, oh, it's too much of a hassle to have to, like, wash it. And I really missed out on some activities growing up. So, and that's the thing is, like, when you're a teenager and an adult, you have your things that are challenging for you personally. And I have thin hair and... I think, oh, thick hair would be so nice to have. And then people who have thick hair are like, oh, it takes me forever to like blow dry my hair. I would yeah. like to have thin hair. So one of the positive things about my thin hair is it takes three minutes for me to blow dry my hair. Wash and go. Yeah, so it's way quicker. I have to be careful about what products I put on my hair because mm-hmm. it weighs it down. Right. So this is a part of like self-discovery, figuring out where your strengths and weaknesses are and supporting your weaknesses with things that make it easier or better and appreciating your strengths and growing on them yeah and velcro rollers don't make things easier no No, and when you have something that is a challenge when you're a teenager it's heightened it's tenfold hundredfold Mm -hmm. it's totally different than when you are able to cope with and handle those challenges as you learn and develop skills to get better at it right and now you have absolutely beautiful hair and i've always wield the right brush yeah i've always (laughs) admired your hair and would have never known that you had such a hard time when you were a teenager yeah it's like are you half black no i'm dutch (laughs) it's really funny Looking back on it, it's funny, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and, looking back on it. Oh, gosh, I really hope my kids don't have my hair. But if they do, I'm just going to braid it all the time. Well, you know, that's what I feel like for my son, too. I'm like, I hope he doesn't get my bad skin. Because right. I have four siblings, and everybody got acne at some point, but I was the one that carried it on for the longest. Right. And you never wish... You should never wish... <laughs> Um, something that was really challenging for you on anybody. Mm-hmm. It's more, if you have this issue, let me help you learn about what I learned yeah. in my process of trying to work through it. Mm-hmm. Finding the right healthcare professional, finding the right stylist. Yeah. Absolutely. My girls, Ann Lim and Grace Hins at Love Salon, they have figured out what to do. Yes, and you you always have such positive things to say about it. And it's nice when you find these people with these skills that can help you in the areas that you need help. And Mm -hmm. then you get to tell everybody about them and more people get helped. Yeah, it's very true. Yes. Don't use foam rollers. (laughs) Please don't. It reminds me of burrs in my hair because oh, I lived out in the in the bush basically when I grew up, and I remember getting them in my hair, and they, they stick yeah. into your hair, and you do have to chop them out sometimes for like gum in your hair. No, and then when you have curly hair and you have the section that's shorter, oh. it's just even more frizzy. Oh, and you your sister gave you a bob. Yeah, she cut my hair really short one so day. So then you couldn't tie. Her back. friend was with her, and I thought I think they might have thought it was funny. But my curly hair really needs the weight, so it doesn't right. go super crazy. So you couldn't even tie it back in a ponytail. Well, the, actually, that's a hairstyle that I adopted from about grade five until <laughs> grade eight. The ponytail? <laughs> the bun. The that's bun. all I knew what to do with. So I, I had glasses in grade five. I had, like, this crazy hair. Oh, yeah. This is super fun. <laughs> 
I don't think that those photos will make it on social media. <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting as you're, when you're a teenager, you care so much about what other people think. And when you say if a picture is taken of a group of people, every person in that photo is going to look at themselves first. They're right. looking at how they look, not about everybody else. And when other people, kids, adults make fun of other people, it's because they're insecure and it makes them feel good. It's so true. Yes. Or when people gossip. I can't stand it when people gossip. Because they're insecure themselves yeah. and they feel more superior. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So then when you get to a point in your life where you understand who you are, you're being the highest self you can be and the best person you can be, the people who matter love you for who you are and the people who are going to say things about you or behind your back that are hurtful those people you have no time for they're not the people that you want in your life and who cares what they think it's nice when you get to a point in your life when you don't have to care about what other people think about you and have it affect your confidence Mm, definitely yes But when you're a teenager, it's a totally different story. Yeah. You want to accept, you want you want to be accepted, you want to belong. Mm-hmm. And that is your your peers are so important. And when you get made fun of for whatever it is, it hurts. I know it's funny, I tell this story that's like it was almost like the guys that made fun of me. Mm-hmm. And there was this young young guy. I totally still remember his name and I'm not about to drop it. When he said to me, he's like, Rachel, you're like the ugliest girl in the world. <gasps> I promptly kicked him in the shin. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's a very valid response, though. Violence is not the way to deal with it. No, it's yeah. pretty uh, reasonable in that situation. <laughs> At that age. And then I, 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 I tell people, they're like, well, maybe they were just flirting with you. I was like, no, I Doesn't really matter. don't think they were, actually. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. And my son, he's like... Why do people say mean things to people that they like? He's yeah. like, it doesn't make sense. But not everybody is mature and understands the impact of their words yeah. and what those do to people's feelings. Mm-hmm. And they're just more immature people. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you say mean things to somebody who you like? Often kids will want attention, whether it's positive or negative attention. So if they can't get positive attention, they can act out and be bullies and do things where they're getting attention. It might not be the type of attention they want, but they're getting noticed. And so... I'm sure some adults do that too, though. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it all stems from, you know, what their upbringing is like what kind of challenges their parents had and Mm -hmm. so there's this long lineup of a lot of different pieces that create this you know person to say or do these mean things to this other person and there's no excuse for it but trying to understand it can help you process it and get through it right that's fascinating at what point when you had acne did you figure out how to really care for yourself It was a long haul, uh, 22 years of my life of trying all these different things. And like I'd said before, it's hard to know what's working when you're trying a lot of different things. It was when I became an adult and I was able to explore some of, like I had worked on my insides and nourishing my body a lot and knew that that wasn't what it was like I tried to cut out coffee try to cut out alcohol sugar and it didn't dairy it didn't necessarily make my skin better Mm -hmm. 
I listened to my body to figure out which foods and stuff felt good in my body and what didn't flare up my skin, but I still needed extra help. And that's when I started going to um, aesthetic clinics where they specialized in skin. And, and not aestheticians. No. This is different. Yes, that's right. So medical aesthetics. Where that's, there's a physician involved in the practice. Absolutely. Yeah. So going and seeking out the specialists for skin care, mm-hmm. that's where I really started to notice a way bigger difference in my skin. It's more of an investment, that's for sure. It absolutely is. And I feel very grateful and fortunate that I'm at a point my life where I have that ability to get that extra help for my skin Um, because before I remember doing everything I possibly could on the you know with the least amount of money possible I remember learning about chamomile lotion and putting that on my skin and hydrogen peroxide and (laughs) rubbing alcohol and Mm. um Acu or uh, what are you proactive? And, oh gosh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then as I got older, I was able to invest more into my skin, but it's important to me because it's been something that's been detrimental to my confidence for so many years. It's worth me putting the money, time, effort into really helping my skin support it in the way that it needs to. It's going to be changing, so you actually have to reevaluate it. Absolutely. A change of season, things like that. One thing that I'll mention, a lot of times when I see breakouts to people's jawlines, and women in particular, this isn't something that you might have ever thought about, but I often find that when women have more hair growth to their jawline, uh, their chin, their jowls underneath their, their neck here, they can actually get irritation of the hair follicle, which can be confused for breakouts. So sometimes hair removal is actually a great option. So with that intense pulse light treatment we were talking about, the pigment in a hair, right, the hair shaft, if it has a bit of color to it, the light will actually travel down the strand of hair that has pigment to it and disable the follicle and give some hair removal. That's another benefit to the IPL that people don't really think about. Right, and a sign of women having more hair growth can be a hormonal imbalance. PCOS. Yes, that is definitely one of the symptoms. If you have higher testosterone in your body, if you have a hormonal imbalance from polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, then that can create more hair growth that's Mm -hmm. more of like a manly growth. And hormones can definitely play a big role on acne-prone skin. Mm -hmm. IPL and IPL hair removal, there's two different settings for rejuvenation and removal. They're great. They're both great for people with PCOS. Mm, Do you use one or the other on them or both? Um, It depends if we're wanting to focus on pigmentation, like more redness, breakouts, things like that. Then I'll use the rejuvenation setting, but you actually get a little bit of hair removal in the process. But sometimes I have seen clients where they have a lot of hair growth actually on their neck extending down to their chest, doing appropriate hair removal uh, treatment is recommended. And you would want to get pro- like proper treatment too, because yeah. if you use very, there's different types of hair removal that you could use that could actually be irritating to the skin. Like you would not want to nair your 
chin and neck and chest with that lotion that yeah. you just if you have irritation off. go for a laser honestly mm-hmm. but where you get that treatment done matters so don't look for you know group on hair removal because you can find lower quality lasers that won't be as effective and you'll end up spending more money because you'll need more treatments right another thing is a bikini line irritation a lot of women don't talk about this, but because of what I do, so irritation on the face, but people can also get a lot of irritation into the bikini zone and things like shaving or waxing can cause redness and irritation of the hair follicle. Just laser. Laser hair removal is really helpful for that. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. It's something that women actually don't really talk a lot about, but the shaving and waxing can be super irritating on the skin. It can actually cause scarring and ingrown hairs and... With IPL, intense pulse light hair removal, I just, I see it not only reducing hair growth, but also reducing the red acne scarring. Okay. Or so the red irritation. So you do laser over the bikini area? Yeah. You do? Laser hair removal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I do a lot of things. No doubt. <laughs> you have vaginal rejuvenation. Do you? Mm-hmm. For reduced incontinence, increased uh, lubrication, increased sensation. That is pretty lovely. Yeah, it's pretty life-changing for a lot of women that have uh, a lot of urgency. Mm-hmm. And they have to go to the washroom all the time, especially mm-hmm. after kids. <laughs> it's more common than you think. <laughs> it is actually uh, pretty interesting to hear from uh, friends of mine, too, and the challenges that they can struggle with incontinence at a young age mm-hmm. and how it is this you don't really want to be talking about it because it's embarrassing. The thing is when you have an embarrassing thing happening to your body, finding the right person that you can feel comfortable talking to about it, that can help you Mm -hmm. with whatever it is that's going on. Yeah. Cause there is a lot of different things that can happen to our bodies inside and out that we don't necessarily want to share with, just anybody and finding the right person to be able to be like this is what's going on please help me and they're like yeah I help people with this all the time and yeah yeah I love it when people are meeting with me in the office and or online or whatever and they just ask me these random questions I'm like yep this is what you do for that I love it that's I just love helping people and helping people make smarter decisions so that's why we're doing a podcast on this so that you don't end up you know spending tons of money on things that aren't going to work Absolutely. Because there's a lot of things out there that's promising the moon and it's just going to waste your money and be terrible for you and the environment. I have been down that road with my skin. Absolutely. If I had heard, if it was good marketing and I had the money for it, I would try it. Mm -hmm. And very rarely did I get the results that I was hoping for. And often they'll want you to continue to do whatever it is that they're offering for a long period of time. Sometimes I would stick it out, but sometimes it's like, no, this just is not the, not the answer. Yeah. Yeah. For those listening that suffer from acne, what do you wish you heard in your teens? So I feel like there's very little that somebody could say to me other than this is your solution that could have made me feel better because it was so hard for me to have bad skin when I was younger and even when friends and family would say oh your skin looks so nice today I know that it was I knew that they were trying to compliment me and make me feel good but it would make me think they've seen that my skin is poor and that's why they're saying this and it would just it was this 
negative effect, even though they were meaning to be positive. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard for somebody to, when you're experiencing something that's really hard, for somebody to say something that's actually going to make you feel better unless it's a solution. So sometimes it's time and that's what you need and just positive support in your life and, um, and not being, being around people that aren't judgmental. Any kinds of healthy suggestions would be helpful for me if somebody was like, well, if you, you know, if you, and it's a very sensitive topic too. So Mm -hmm. we have to be how they would say it to me would affect how I would interpret it or how I would feel about it as well. It's a really challenging thing to Mm -hmm. grow up with acne. For me, it was one of my biggest challenges and I had so many other things happening in my life that this was just an aesthetic thing, but it really affected my confidence. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that there is anything in particular that somebody could have said to me that would have made me feel better unless it was a way to fix what was going on and how would somebody know unless they were a specialist in that area. All right. Well, you heard it here. We talked about acne. We talked about curly hair. We talked about incontinence. Yes, we did. (laughs) A little bit more than we probably thought we were going to cover, but that's all good. Thank you so much for tuning in to part three of this four-part series. In the next episode, we are actually going to talk about overcoming trauma and getting into the shadow sides of our lives. And let me tell you, when you've overcome something in your life, it makes you stronger, it makes you more resilient, and it makes you more beautiful because you have gained wisdom. Thank you so much for joining us, Chelsea, for this incredible four-part series where we talked about the benefits of massage therapy and our body, yoga, we're talking about body and beauty blocks like acne and frizzy hair, and then getting through really important life events and how to come out on top. It's been such a pleasure. I really, really enjoy spending this time with you and being able to talk about these things. And thank you so much for having me. It was such a rush for me. It's exciting. It's out of my comfort zone and it makes me feel alive to be here and talking about these things that we've learned about and um, to share this information with other Mm -hmm. people that maybe can resonate with them and help them. You're a wonderful healthcare provider and it's amazing collaborating with people like you. Ditto. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rachel Varga podcast. Be sure to listen to all episodes in this series with Chelsea, where we dive into the benefits of massage therapy, yoga, overcoming acne and building self-esteem, and growing through the shadow sides of our lives and how growth can make you a happier and healthier person. Chelsea, where can people find you? Find me on Instagram at livelife.everyday. I love it. It's an awesome handle. Good job, girl. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us today and teaching us about the most important aspects that we need to start putting into play in our lives every single day to better align our body, mind, spirit. And you've heard me say this before, when all those pieces of the puzzle are aligned, that's when you're going to be your most beautiful self on the inside and out. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and do an Instagram story of you listening to these episodes because it helps other people find this podcast too. Continue the conversation at rachelvarga.ca where you can register for my newsletter and even pre-register for my upcoming multidisciplinary course for helping you age impossibly well. 
I'll drop the links in the show notes below. See you in the next episode.